Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, welcome into the happy hour. Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Gravy. Just the two of us taking you to 6 o'clock after you get the Scraby Chronicles. Yes, just the two of us. Just we can make it if we try. Just to that, like that. Here Go comes ahead. here comes the chat saying, "Please never see again." <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Got to have a little soul sometimes. Yes, a little uh, bit. The breaking news: Jim Harbaugh is the Chargers' new head coach, and the more keeps trickling out. Five year deal. Dang. Giving him some time, although we know a five year deal doesn't mean anything because. Um, because you can fire your coach, but and you still have to pay him. Chargers aren't going to be paying him for stuff he's not doing. Come on now. Yeah, well, I, I would. That's the plan, at least. That's the plan. <laughs> that yes. is the plan. Uh, they still are without a GM. Look to fill that position up. Usually, you go GM then coach, but they're going. This is the Charger way. Well, head he, coach then GM. I I think they're pouncing on the opportunity. He Touché. was he was now, meeting with let, them. Here's the thing: the Chargers. They didn't just fall to this. They had, a, I think I read, 15 interviews. And they interviewed every name that you can think of. I mean, the Ben Johnsons of the world yeah, got yeah. an interview. Uh, I don't know that they interviewed Belichick. I don't think I saw his name on that list. But I don't know that I did either. Vabral, they got him on yeah. there. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the names that we know. I don't know if I saw Pete Carroll, although Snoop Dogg said his buddy Pete Carroll wanted that job. The Chargers job. Yeah, the Chargers job. Um, but anyway, they went through 15, uh, as we talked about earlier, Jim Harbaugh was scheduled to meet with Atlanta today. He canceled it. We know why now he gets a five-year deal. Now the money has not been at least leaked out at this point, but, um, the chargers, as you said, I think after doing the extensive interviewing, they got their man. They also interviewed in house, uh, the gentleman that took over as interim coach, uh, Jeff, I yes, can't yes, his last yes, name. yes. He he got he got. The only interview. reason I remember his first name is because it's spelled G I F F. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Kellen Moore also got an interview um, out of this bunch. So they settled on uh, they they pounced. I think that's to Straby's point. I think that's why they didn't hire GM first because the candidate that they I think they had in mind from the very beginning. He was the first interview I think that they gave outside of the organization. Um, they get their man. I don't know that we'll ever find out the money. Now I think about it, you don't really hear about how much money coaches make. Like we don't have any idea. Baseball, how much you do now. Made. This is like yeah, the new thing. Yeah, You're like get, getting the price tags now. I would assume that he's probably top 
10 paid coaches in the league now. Does the five-year deal surprise you? I think no. it feels like that's the standard yeah, deal yeah. for a, a head coach. Yeah, it seems like a standard deal because like you need to give like them a little before, bit of time. They'll just fire you and pay you then. It's like, yeah, we don't we don't necessarily, we're not making a huge commitment to you, but we are making a commitment to you that if you're doing well, you can't leave yeah. because we're, you, we're under contract. You're under contract with us is what I meant to say. Um, Remind me again where we were going. Uh, this cool story from Russell Westbrook. Oh, well, we'll do that and one that first. Adrian Griffin later. One of the reasons why I'm a big fan of Russell Westbrook. He uh, doing an interview the night, two nights before they beat the Lakers. Um, had a good game. The young man who's interviewing, it's his first interview. Clearly he's been, you know, kind of, and Scraby would know this, I would know, people who are in the industry know, you don't just get to have a mic in your, in no. your hand and do interviews. You just... About a lot of grunt work you got to do. No money. <laughs> not getting paid. hours. But, you know, they will off sometimes. If you work hard in those certain spots, someone will give you a chance. Yep. This young man got a chance to interview Russell Westbrook after the game. Here's what happened. First what of you- all, no. Congratulations to you, bro. First night tonight. Give a round of applause to my boy, man. Been doing for a long time. Congratulations, brother. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. This young man had clearly been around. He'd been around this club. They had seen him. Gets a chance to interview. Doesn't even get into the first question before no. Westbrook, you know, puts him on the stage basically in front of the folks in that arena. That's a pretty. Honestly, that's pretty cool. I got chills. Yeah. Just because, like, knowing how nervous he probably was to interview Russell Westbrook I, to begin I, with, the fact that he acknowledged. That he knew him well enough to know it was his first this is time. His first He's been working time for it. They probably like being that guy. You know, sometimes I'll go and I'll just say hey to a player, and they'll see me walking around here and there. We don't really know each other, but they'll see me. They'll know I'm with Tony, and and they just like it, you form somewhat of a little tiny relationship. Right, right. Not necessarily in that depth, but yeah, yeah. Clearly. Russ had been paying attention to that. Yeah, and if someone, if one of the Padres was like, hey, Scrape, what's up? I'd be like, oh, my God, he knows my name. (laughs) That is is a testament to Russell Westbrook's character. Yeah. Which had been assassinated pretty much all of last year, year, you know, prior to him becoming a Clipper. But I thought I'd share that. I like those type of moments uh, that, um, you know, athletes don't always get a chance to show. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, nevertheless, uh, is it was it Kelsey? What was the other? Uh, Kelsey's at five twenty, but we're going to talk about um, Giannis. No, but right here, Adrian Griffin. Adrian but Griffin. So, Travis Kelsey admitted something that you need to hear in the next segment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Adrian Griffin, Milwaukee Bucks' former head coach. We we told you we some more stuff started has started. Stories have started to come out as they typically do when a player or coach is let go or fired abruptly. Uh, in this case. Milwaukee did something that I don't know that very many teams do as they in, did, went through this interview process. After, like, the first two stages, the third stage, Adrian Griffin met with the players. Those players were Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, I believe Chris Middleton, yep. and Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Now, mind you, Andrew, Adrian Griffin is known as a defensive-minded coach. He's credited for the to, for the Toronto Raptors championship the year they were able to beat Golden State. Um, now, he gets the job. Fast forward, they trade Drew Holiday, who is one of the premier perimeter defenders. He's an all-NBA defensive member. 
I would say that that's a pretty big uh, change. I, even if you get Damian Lillard, you, you, this team is he is, good at defense. He's not the defender that Drew Holiday is, right? <laughs> he's a much better offensive player than Drew yeah. Holiday yeah. is, but not the same. So there's one thing that kind of went against uh, Adrian Griffin before he even got started, right? The guy he was pretty much going to anchor the defensive round. Wasn't there. You're getting a better offensive player. All right, so you have to make the adjustment. But it seemed like as early as preseason, the players, specifically Giannis, were confused about the way the defenses were going. And to be more specific, Brooke Lopez, who was an all-NBA defender last year, got to play near the rim. And as a seven-footer, that's where they're most comfortable. They get to protect the rim, block shots. They don't have to run around Right, and Adrian Griffin's defense... They did something called blitzing. So when they run that pick and roll and the guy sets the screen, the guy who's guarding the screener comes up. He blitzes the guy with the ball so that he can't turn the corner. Okay. But, you know, when you have a seven-footer that may not be the most athletic, that can be a problem to get back now to rotate back to your position. Yeah. It sounded like this was a problem even after they were, you know, 16 and 4. They were having these meetings at some point. I think the 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 captains of that team met with Adrian Griffin to try to get him to maybe meet them in the middle in yeah. terms of an adjustment because they knew defensively this wasn't working. Now, remember this team has won a, a championship. They made some deep runs. So the, with the main with mostly everybody still intact. So they have a good idea of what it's going to take in terms of defensively and it was clear that they weren't where they needed to be. They went from Top of the de- league in defense to the bottom of the league in defense. Not all the way, but 27th. That's the bottom. That's pretty much the bottom. For them, it is. And so I, it sounds like it just got to a point that regardless of the 30-13 and 13 record, they felt like there were not the adjustments weren't being made and they had to go a different route. Now, there's this big article on ESPN from Ramona Shelburne and uh, another writer, but they go into deep detail. And what I find kind of strange is that the owner of the Cavs, uh, or Cavs, um, Bucks, Bucks, John Horst, I believe his name is, these guys go all the way GM, back. GM, I think. He's or a GM, GM, yeah. So they go all the way back to like 15 years ago. He even, if I'm reading the article correct, he named his dog after Griffin, because they were in the elevator and they were talking, and he's like, "Hey, I can't find a name for my Griff. That's a great name." Right? He was inspired by. Yeah, he was inspired by it. So, what I don't understand here is, is this the players not wanting to try something new? Are they buying into this? Are they are are they giving up so many points because they're not bought into it and they're not maybe giving it the hundred percent? I don't think we know, but it doesn't seem like something Giannis is is in his character just to not try something because he doesn't agree with it. It, it sounded like they were their antennas were already up in preseason, yeah. and things have only gotten worse since then from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, and the assistant coach who was, uh, who was hired on with them to kind of guide Adrian Griffin through his first year. He, Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts, we, we had quit. We, 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 we went over this, yeah. I think, the very beginning of the season. Yeah. There was a, a, an alter. Terry Stotts was brought in, and he's the former Portland Trail Blazer coach. He had Damian Litter for quite a time. Um, was brought in to kind of assist the first-year head coach and kind of be his right hand. He didn't even want to be there for the Apparently, of the year. there was a disagreement, and it was such a big disagreement that Terry Stotts quit before the season even began. See, that's alarming. That's the first. I think that was the 
Outside of the preseason issues, that was the second issue that had everybody's antennas up. Terry Stotts is a well-respected coach um, in the league. And so after that happened, it sounded like the brass really pushed Adrian Griffin to try to find some type of mentor, and he did. He found, ironically, Doc Rivers. Ironically or planned? I don't know, but he reached out. Because okay. of his relationships with Doc right. Rivers. Who was the other? Oh, Lionel Hollins. Yes. Was the other coach that he reached out to to try to help mentor him in terms of that defensive side that, you know, as a head coach, they, they might see a little bit differently. Ironically, the guy who ends up replacing him is one of the mentors that he reached out to in Doc hmm, Rivers. Very curious. Very, very strange I knew turn the, of events. I knew the conspiracy theorist in you would I mean, would I don't really think there's there. a conspiracy here. I think what happened was the players just didn't like playing for him. He maybe didn't want to listen to the players, and they just didn't get along. But it has to be pretty bad for them to fire him before the middle point of the year. I mean, what were they, 30 and 15? Or 40, 30 and 13? Yeah. So they had just played over half their games? I, I, I will say this, and I heard Stephen A. mention this a few months back that the Milwaukee Bucks will have no problem moving on if Giannis ultimately is like, this ain't working. Part of that I'm not a fan of. I, I think you you are you play with what you're given and if you're making if you're calling shots for your organization now, like that would make any coach not want to go there. What if they don't what if I don't get along with Giannis, then I'm gonna be out. I don't think coaches go into it with that mindset. They go into it with the mindset, oh, he's gonna connect with me. I've got the goods that'll get him where he wants to go. And he seems like a reasonable person. I don't know him, obviously, but he, he I does. don't ever I, read anything about him being crazy. The, the, mere, the fact that Terry Scott, Terry Stotts quit would lead you to believe that this is probably not... I mean, yes, Giannis is going to be the one that is like, hey, I don't know if this is working. But when you see coaches go out before a season starts, that just that doesn't happen. No. Doesn't happen very Definitely often. not before the season. No, not started. before the first. This game. guy was like, "It's going to be so bad for me during the year. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this." Yeah, that's well, bad. It's tough. Uh, they will. Uh, I think their new coach will make his debut tomorrow. If I'm not mistaken, Doc Rivers already yeah. in the saddle. He's, he's ready to roll. All right, <laughs> let's get to break. When we come back, the Kelseys back at it again. Podcasting away. Podcasting away. We got a little clip that uh, might explain. A little bit about this ball going out of the end zone issue. More going to Chris on the way. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 522 on the clock into the happy hour. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Gwynn Jr. Yeah. 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 We're almost done. Uh, the Kelsey boys. The Kelsey brothers. Or <laughs> I Kels. I like the first one. Oh, yes. Brothers. Yes. As, uh... We were made aware of last week. Yeah. Uh, Travis, in this case, had some insight on the uh, Hartman fumble that rolled into the end zone that sparked conversation of the rule being banned. We played for you. The the spiritual look at it earlier from Ryan Clark. (laughs) Yes. But here is some insight from Travis Kelsey on actually what went down. You guys fumble through the back of the end zone. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I owe me Cole a, f-ing, a new car or something. I owe so much to him, man. Why is that? My block was the one that knocked the ball out. I've been f-ing sick. I told him I apologize to him every single time I f-ing saw him today, and I'll apologize again. My bad, McCole, man. My guy's just trying to be great and get the ball in the end zone, and I'm thinking it's a, it's a speed type speed where outside where outside if the guy goes inside yeah he can't be right if he goes underneath you he finished the play better than i did got a hand on the ball and man i owe my guy big time man there's nothing worse than giving up the ball especially in in a situation i mean he's fired up to get after it again though i know my guy he he wants another opportunity to get the ball and show what he can do with it and uh sure enough you'll see him next sunday now being on the side of it which is the side you don't want to be on do you still like the rule that if you fumble it's fine it's a rule rules are rules that's how it works yeah, that's why I said I owe, I owe you, big dog. My bad, man. That should have never even happened. We've been on record. We like the rule, and uh, this doesn't change it. See, it's funny that the players are the ones that like the rules. It's everybody. It's really, it's really them. outsiders who are like, change the rule. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's one of the worst things that can happen to you if it's your team that right. fumbles it out of the end zone. Right. But I really think it's it, it's, it's sacred ground. <laughs> I hate that Ryan Clark completely argued my point, but in a way better way. And now you're sold on it. Sacred ground, man. Now you're sold on it. But what I what I do like about the, the that podcast, I don't listen to every single episode. But what I think is really cool is that they're going through the season and commenting on everything that's happening yeah. with their teams, and you don't get inside access like that. And these yeah. guys are very honest. They they seem to be really honest. Um, and it what made it interesting is that both of them at some point in the season had like bad periods. The Eagles to finish out the season were atrocious. I would say the Kansas city chiefs right in the middle part where the drops were at their highest. Travis Kelsey was having to talk about that. Yeah. And we got to hear from him. It's a unique experience a, because it's not often as you get two brothers that are, at a very playing at a very high level, very high level at the highest level. Yeah, um, but to also have two guys who one I think is made for for cameras and Travis Kelsey, like he, I mean he's had his own reality show. Like he's he knows how to how to act. And then the then Jason on the other, on the other hand, who's not necessarily made for for TV. I don't know if you really want. He his, cares. It, it, I don't think he cares. And I think that's what makes him people be able to relate to him. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't. 
conduct himself like a dude who has a bunch of money and is is in the NFL. Yeah, it's totally true. I mean, you saw him in the Buffalo tailgate. They dude also was, talked about that. This in the dude episode. was not only at the Buffalo tailgate, but hopped in front of Taylor Swift on many occasions, shirtless, with a beer in his hand. I yeah. mean. We all have gone to school with somebody who is, resembles Jason Kelsey. I know I did at San Diego State. See, I was that guy, but I never took my shirt off. <laughs> you kept your so shirt off. I kept my shirt on. I didn't want to be the guy with my shirt off. Why did but... you take your shirt off, man? Uh, you know, that's just not for me. Not for me, man. I'm just not a big shirt off guy, I guess. <laughs> well, let me let me rephrase that. I'm not, not a, a big, big shirt off guy. off guy at parties okay. when I'm drinking. That makes sense. Uh, by the way, the Bucks are in action today. But I do not believe Doc Rivers is a part of that action. They are taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers at home right now. So, um, yeah, man, still waiting for the – hopefully you get to see this price. Oh, you know what it is we were going to talk about? Draymond Green. Oh, yes. That's what we were going to talk about. Yes, yes, uh, yes. USA team, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, released their pool. Not on that list was Draymond Green. Of course, he was a part of – the Team USA that that won a gold medal. Um, however, he's not on this list. He's not in this pool as of now. And it was cited. Grant Hill, who is running the um, Team USA, cited this suspension as a reason why he's not being invited. And, uh, you know, they could have they sugarcoated that. They could have said a whole bunch of different things. But I, I think that's a message sent. Like, listen, if... You're going to be a part of this. And by, by the way, as, as I said, he's been a big contributor to USA Basketball. Basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're going to be a part of this, you're going to have to tighten up. I think that's part of the message. I think there'll be another opportunity for him to get in there. They have, okay. They I, have didn't, these different, I didn't know that. Yeah, they have these different pool things that pop up. Um, I don't think it'll be his last opportunity. So this is like kind of, uh, hey, you better ship up or we're going to or shape we'll, up or we'll, we're going to ship we'll, you we'll, out. We'll, we'll move on. As my mom would say. We'll move on. Shape up or ship out. Yeah. I didn't get it in those words, but no, it, I, I got, it, it delivered the yeah, same message. Though, I got basically. either uh, a wooden spoon to the hand or I got oh, soap in the mouth. Wooden spoon, man. I don't know what it was with the moms in the 80s, but wooden spoons. I also, I, got, I, didn't, I didn't get the belt, but they made loud noises with the belt, <laughs> and it scared me. <laughs> I never got the belt, it, it, but it scared me. <laughs> He just comes in, whack, and I'm like, okay, I'll be good now. Yeah, I'll yep. be good now. Wooden spoon. I can close my eyes and see that coming from the front seat. You know, I don't agree with hurting children, but I deserved everything. It was a different I got. time. Yeah. It was a, a different, different time. time. I should not have called my mom that word after she c- turned off my video games. That he was, was a, immediate soap in the mouth. He was a wild man. I don't think I'd be here if I used that word. Well, I got away with it because my dad was on a business trip. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. And this was the mid-90s. You'd have found my body somewhere. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> just, just no shot. All right, let's get to break. Uh, when we return, Brent, Brent Sebleski. Sebleski. He was great today. He was awesome today. You'll get a chance to get yourself ready. I know we're a few days away still from uh, the championship weekend, but we'll get you a little bit closer on Gwen and Chris. Ben and Woods on the fan. National Peanut Butter Day. Five thirty-six on the clock. Brett Sipwinski coming up here shortly. Talk a little NFL. Got a few minutes to kill here before that, though. Yesterday, Jim Leland. 
throwing a blank. Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre. <laughs> Joe Maurer. Your guy. Yeah. Joe Maurer. And, and Todd Helton. And Todd Helton all got into the Hall of Fame. He told a story about your dad. I don't know exactly what the story was, but so, it was past this clip so Her- along. Harold Reynolds, um, he had spoke to my dad at some point, beginning of Todd Helton's career. I don't know how it came up, but he was telling Todd that my dad immediately knew he would be a Hall of Famer at some point. Um, and then Todd proceeded to tell a story about my dad uh, giving him one of his old tricks in terms of where his eyes start. When you're in the box and you're looking out as a hitter, sometimes your your eyes have a tendency to kind of wonder, mm. right? And so my dad used to focus on the logo of the cap because it was less distance for his eyes to travel to go from the logo on the cap to that imaginary box that the yeah. ball comes out. And it was something he told Todd Helton. Todd Helton used it from that point on in his career. I mean, it's not a major thing, but... No, but it clearly it, helped it, him. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. You get in the box, you're looking out there. If you lock in on that logo of the hat, all you got to do is just, if right-handed pitcher, you just got to slide it over just a little bit, a few inches to, to the right or to your left, and you're right in that box. Hmm. Yeah. Never even, I mean... It got me to thinking Okay, about next year's Hall of Fame. Who who were the first-timers? And there's two first-ballot Hall of Famers coming up next year. First-ballot? First-ballot, in my okay. opinion. C.C. Sabathia. Oh? And Ichiro. Oh, Ichiro's a hands-down. Yeah. But C.C., that's that's interesting. I didn't know. I didn't realize that numbers. he just qualified for the first time. Yeah. Five years out now. And so, yeah, man. He's... He's well-liked, too. Well-liked. I don't know any media member that don't like him. Yeah. And he was really good. Yeah. So there's that. I always told myself that would be the next time I go. Hopefully the bosses will allow me to go up to Cooper's As long as I can go. I just keep trying to to get myself in the suitcase. Uh, All right. Let's get to our interview of the day. Brett Sebleski joined us earlier. Here's a little traffic before you get to it. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. On the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. This is why we tune in every Sunday and watch the National Football League. And joining us is Brent Sebleski from Bleacher Report. Brent, always great to have you on. How you doing today? This is a fantastic time of year, NFL fans. It very much is. Now, the weather for someone lives in Ohio sitting in a man van while it's pouring down rain and my son's at a guitar lesson, that's a whole different thing altogether. Yeah, yeah. The weather wasn't hasn't been great. I mean, some of these games have certainly been affected by the weather, but you know, this is what it's interesting. You know, you play a whole NFL season and then playoff football is, is different. And, and it's not just different because of the intensity. It's different because of the style of play. And, you know, the, the great teams are the ones that can adapt in, in January, aren't they, Brent? I agree. And, you know, I think when you go on a Super Bowl run, it's a culmination of factors, right? It's talent. Depth and where you are from an injury standpoint, it's good coaching, and you've got to sprinkle in a little bit of that lightning in the bottle, right? Catching, a, catching a team at the right time, or 
igniting at the right time as an offensive unit. And I'll use the Kansas City Chiefs as a perfect example, right? What we see from them now offensively is different than what we saw at the beginning of the year. Yes, the talent uh, overall is relatively the same. But when you have Isaiah Pacheco, who you can bring in and run downfield like he's the juggernaut and uh, at 210 pounds with that physicality, that's that establishes a new identity, right? And it's not just him. It's now beyond Travis Kelsey. It's You now have Rasheed Rice, who up until this last game had led Kansas City in targets in the six previous games. You have Marquez Valdez-Scantling making big plays down the field. That's why you come away with a huge win in Buffalo, because you are getting play from players you didn't expect earlier in the year. You caught that lightning in a bottle, and now you're peaking at the correct time. And obviously, Brett, these playoff games are going to be and have been exceptional this far. Before we get into that, though, I want to ask you a little bit about this coaching carousel that we got going. Uh, Bill Belichick seems to be, at least he started out being the guy for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like it's slowed up a little bit. Uh, Harbaugh cancels a meeting with the Falcons. It seems to be reported that the Chargers have the end. How do you see... Those two franchises in particular, who do you see them end up with the head coach? Well, when it comes to the Chargers, I still believe that Jim Harbaugh is the favorite. If, I, if I'm correct, I'm, he's still in town as we're speaking. So um, that's a situation where he would feel most comfortable and should because it's the most it has the most potential of all the openings based purely on the fact you have Justin Herbert as quarterback. Yeah. None of the other openings you're walking into a job with a bona fide franchise quarterback. Sorry, Carolina, you picked wrong at number one overall. (laughs) So when it came to that, if he wants to leave a really cushy job, arguably the best job in America right now in Michigan, then you do so for the Chargers. Now, Atlanta's different, and I think a lot of that has to do on multiple factors. One, um, the juxtaposition of the way this interview process and ongoing is fascinating to me. Right now, your potential lead candidates, right, are Bill Belichick, who, if hired, would be the oldest head coach in the NFL, or Bobby Slowick, who, if hired, would be the youngest head coach in the NFL. Oh, and, and that's and that's really that's really the division that you're seeing within that hiring process. They want to go through it. They want to see which guy is best fit for them, and that's absolutely what they should do. It shouldn't just be, well, it's Bill Belichick. Look at my resume. Okay, well, that resume has not been good lately, and by all reports, you want to bring with you Josh McDaniels, Matt oh. Patricia, oh. Joe Judge. Why would you want those guys necessarily? <laughs> Furthermore, we don't know um, yet whether Bill Belichick is demanding any type of say in personnel matters, okay? So if you're Los Angeles, as an example, and Jim Harbaugh comes in and he wants to have a say in general manager, you can do that. If you're Atlanta, your general manager is already in place and has been for the last couple of years. So I think that's why you see a little more variation with Atlanta, with them trying to figure out what direction they ultimately want to take, whereas the charges, it seems a little more straightforward. Brent Sabluski is with us from Bleacher Report. We are uh, excited every time we get a chance to talk some football with him. Brent, the Detroit Lions, I, I mean, I don't think it's unfair to say they've been the most, uh, you know, most unsuccessful franchise, not just in football, but maybe in all the sports. I mean, when you don't win a playoff, you win one playoff game in 65 years. But now here they are sitting on the precipice of their first Super Bowl, uh, you know, and they got to beat the 49ers to get it. How did Dan Campbell, how did the Lions go from where they've always been to where they are now? 
Well, as, again, sitting in Ohio, I'm sure there was Browns fans listening to the way you framed that. Like, wait a second, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> then again, Detroit probably does have that argument, and I, I want to start a petition to get that game played in Detroit this weekend, just because it would be such an amazing atmosphere. It's it's truly special to watch and. You try to detach yourself when you're analyzing these games and these teams, but it's hard not to root for them. It really is because of everything they endure, because that fan base. You see all these wonderful introspective stories before the games about the, the 90-year-old Lions season ticket holder or the guy's dad who passed away and he wants to see the team win in his honor and so on and so forth. It's, just, it's wonderful, and it's those stories that make sports amazing. With that said – to answer your question, it's just about building properly and putting in the infrastructure necessary to win long term. And that's where Detroit really faltered. And whether we're going back to when they had Matthew Stafford, a number one overall pick, um, and how he was basically beat all up during his time, hit more than any other quarterback during that stretch he was with the organization, much like Andrew Luck had to endure with the Indianapolis Colts. That's how you ruin great players, great talents. You, you're not patient with certain coaches. Dave, David Caldwell did a great job with the Lions. But you know what? Nine and seven wasn't good enough, so you hired Matt Patricia. Come on, people. So – now you go out and get the people that create the philosophies of who you want to be in an identity and you stick to that and you adhere to it and you and you now have a team that's built the way you imagined and they're playing like it. That I know it it sounds vague, but it's the reality of the NFL that if you, as long as ever an organization's all pulling in the same direction, that's when you often find the most success. Chris Bleski joins us here and breaking down these championship weekend games and let's stay in that Detroit San Francisco game after this past weekend there was been a lot of conversation about Brock Purdy and where he falls listen I think two things can be true right Brock Purdy is a is is an excellent young quarterback and he seems to be getting better you know as he goes out there but where do we put him in terms of the class right I think Mahomes is at the top of that class. Josh Allen, I would have to say, is still at the top of that class. Where does Brock Purdy fall in these young quarterbacks, whether we're talking Mahomes or or Jackson or um, or, or Josh Allen? I mean, and, and, and we're missing uh, my man from Cincinnati who was hurt all year, uh, Joe Burrow. Where does he fall in the list of these young quarterbacks? Well, first of all, thank you for pointing out that he is a young quarterback, right? Yeah. We're, we're, he's supposed to be Joe Montana at this point, and he's not even done with year two as a starter. And furthermore, not only is he not done with year two, he missed almost the entirety of the preseason and offseason because of uh, elbow surgery on his throwing arm. So there's obviously – you're going to experience ups and downs with any young quarterback. I mean, we have become so spoiled with guys like Lamar Jackson and yeah. Patrick Mahomes and yeah. Josh Allen – that we forget what it took to develop them to that point. They didn't step in the league and were automatically great. Mahomes didn't even start his rookie year. Uh, you, uh, Lamar didn't start to what, the last two games of his rookie year, or four right. games. Josh Allen took three to four years before he finally put it all together. It takes time. And physically, he's not on that level, right? I, I find it fascinating if you look at the two matches matchups this coming weekend based on the, just on the quarterbacks. You have two trendsetters, guys that revolutionized the way we look at the quarterback position playing in AFC, that being Patrick Mahomes 
and Lamar Jackson. These guys, they are so special, it's not even funny to talk about anymore. Conversely, you look at the NFC, very different. I know Jared Goff was a number one overall pick, but what you don't say with Jared Goff is he is that same creative playmaker, the guy that extends plays, that works outside of structure. These guys are more of the old-school throwbacks. You want them to be able to navigate the pocket and work efficiently within your offense. And if you're looking at that type of quarterback where Brock Purdy falls, that's the type of quarterback I'm looking at. You can win at a high level in a good situation, and if you coach around him well, but at the same time, he's not going to give you that same level of play as a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, a Joe Burrow, and so on and so forth. So I, I put him in that next tier, not at the elite tier. There's only a handful of truly elite right. franchise quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's not one of them yet. Brent, I mean, Patrick Mahomes against uh, Lamar Jackson. I, you, I mean, they talk about jokingly that the NFL has script writers. Well, they couldn't have written a better one than this. I mean – Lamar Jackson's the MVP this season. Patrick Mahomes is the season. Uh, I, I don't know. Other than Tom Brady, there doesn't seem to be a better playoff winning quarterback. You know, maybe Montana, but Mahomes is already joining that discussion. Uh, how do you pick between the two of them on Sunday? I mean, what actually decides this game? Because I think we're looking at it as a quarterback battle, and in that regard, it's hard to see either team losing. Well, I'll disagree on one point. I'll disagree that this this is the optimal situation for the NFL because could you imagine if Buffalo and Detroit were playing in the Super Bowl against each other? How amazing would that be? Seriously. Everyone in the country would be looking just to see who finally did it. No doubt. <laughs> but beyond that, I don't know how you stop a Patrick Mahomes, and that's why even though uh, – you know, they're at a, a, a significant point differential along the betting lines coming into this game. They're a away team. You know, I don't – I'm not betting against it per se. I don't actually bet, but more my pick during the week against Patrick Mahomes because of the things I mentioned earlier, right? We can take what Baltimore's done all season, and their body of work is better than anyone else in the NFL. But – what, how are they playing at this moment? Are they at peak efficiency? And I believe the Chiefs are getting better, and they're getting better every week, and they're getting better in areas where they were weak earlier in the year. I mentioned the wide receiver. I mentioned the running games, right, how those have expanded, how Mahomes um, has gained confidence in those players. But it's not just them. It's the defense, yeah. right? We don't give enough credit to Legarius Sneed and how he is on the outside. He is a legitimate shutdown corner. You don't give credit – to Chris Jones when he drives Deion Dawkins into Josh Allen's backside, which causes the errant throw that everyone blamed on Josh Allen, but it was really the pressure from the the, the all-standout defensive end that made that happen. And so when you have those type of players with their experience, I love Lamar. I love that Ravens organization, how they operate. I, I just can't – it's almost like when Tom Brady or Brett Favre were in their absolute primes. You, you, you just can't pick against them. Brett, we got about 35 seconds to a minute on this last one. Detroit, 49ers, you broke down, really, I thought, perfectly the contrast between the two conferences. But can Detroit pull this off going into San Francisco, or excuse me, Santa Clara, Scravy, and uh, and getting this victory? (laughs) I believe they can. And to me, you guys, we've had these discussions long enough. You know I'm a trenches guy. And when it comes to what Detroit has, they have the best offensive line in football, mm. period. And if they can keep Goff upright, he can pick apart even San Francisco's defense. 
I think they have the talent on the outside with Amon Ross, St. Brown. Uh, you have it, Laporta at tight end. You have Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield, the speed with Jamison Williams, and then the emergence of Josh Reynolds in the postseason. So I believe they have that talent. Now, maybe that's me speaking with my heart a little bit because I, I mentioned earlier it's hard to really root against them. <laughs> I, just, I just think this, they may be the team of destiny this year, even as good as San Francisco is. Well, Brent, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be fun. We know that, and it always is this time of year. It's always great talking to you. Uh, appreciate uh, all of your insight and your passion, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again uh, You know, down the road. It's always great having you out here in San Diego. Thanks. I'll just give you a heads up. Shoot me a line next week. I'll be down in Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Okay. We'll do. Okay. <laughs> Thank we'll, you for the tip. We'll definitely do that. Brent Sobleski right there from Bleacher Report, one of our absolute favorite guests here. I'm Gwen and Chris, talking about the National Football League. That's going to do it for today's show. Chris Ello back in studio. The whole gang with you once again. Stay tuned. Scraby Chronicles up next. You guys have a good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 